Hey guys, welcome to the Persevering Saints podcast, where we dig into the scriptures through some of the most fundamental doctrines found therein. Thanks guys, hope you enjoy. Alright guys, so what we're going to talk about is uh, what is known in Latin as the Imago Dei. Um, you might just simply know it as the image of God. Um, we're going to talk about what it isn't, because there is a lot uh, in this world that has distorted even such a simple doctrine uh, of what we call the Imago Dei. We are going to talk about what it is, uh, and then amidst those two, we are going to try to see how to apply um, the fact that we are image bearers, okay? So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Genesis 1, and I'm going to read starting at verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth, and every tree which has fruit-yielding seed. It shall be food for you, and every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Every creeping thing that creeps on the ground, on the earth, God created man in his own image. And everything was good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Um, if you go from the beginning, uh, we see very clearly it says in the beginning on verse 26, go back to it, it says, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky. Okay, and then verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And then down 29, God said, behold, I have given every plant. Okay, you'll see a, a, a very uh, wondrous progression uh, from, from the text. Uh, so we can clearly see God created us all in his own image. Okay, and his image he created us both male and female he created them as the text says uh, and guess what race that is you might be surprised uh, what 
race are the descendants of Adam. It might be a little mind-blowing to you, uh, but it's just the human, human race. I don't care whether you look like Morgan Freeman or Donald Trump. Uh, I don't care. You are a descendant from the original man, Adam. I don't care whether you look like Jackie Chan or George Lopez. It does not matter. Your furthest ancestor is Adam. And Adam was created in the image of God. And his wife Eve also. One of the most despicable sins that we see today is that of racism. That is not. I don't care who used it at one point in time to justify somehow twisting the scriptures, trying to say that this race is the, the supreme race, you black Hebrew Israelites. That's not what the Bible says. We are all descendants of Adam, okay? Um, even the Jews at, at one point in time considered themselves to be um, the supreme race. And then Christ came in and threw that away he, he, with the Samaritan woman and so much else. Um, racism is despicable. The things that are going on in our world right now are outrageous, okay? And it's not, it's not, oh, man, it's not right on either end. I guess that's the best way to put it. Right now, it's sin against sin. You have um, George Floyd, a black man who was not in the right by any means, okay? But that police officer should not have done what he did. Just like, um, what's that other guy? T Tommy something out of Dallas, a, a lighter skinned fella, closer to my skin tone, called the cops on himself because he was schizophrenic. It was 2016 uh, and they did the same thing. They need on his throat he died but we didn't hear very much about it okay um, there's racism everywhere if 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 that is true then it's just sin it's sin on both ends and it originated in the garden okay all sin originated in the garden when Adam decided to disobey God and eat the fruit in the midst of the garden. The image of God has zero to do with race. All right, something else it doesn't have to do with is gender. Okay, Another really strange thing going on in our world today is there's terms like gender neutral and gender fluid. And uh, there's a, even... Uh, translations, horrible, wretched translations that some professing Christians have, have taken the Bible and removed all the gender pronouns 
out of the Word of God. It is the Word of God. As 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is thanustos. It is God breathed out. How, how are you going to take away the God breathed out gender pronouns? God is known as a man. He is known in the masculine, okay? But the image of God itself is not gender specific. Genesis 1.27 says, In the man and woman created in his image. In his image created he them, is, is what it says. Um, it is not gender specific, it is not gender neutral, nor is it gender fluid. Okay? It, it, none of the above. And it's sad that we have to clarify these things in our world. Uh, it, to, to be specific that the image of God is not gender specific, okay? Meaning specific with the male or female, not the other hundred some odd that the LGBTQ, Z, D, G, F have created. There's only two, male and female. He created them in the image of him. Okay? Um, it's, it is not gender fluid, meaning that it's, that it's, it's not either or, um, it's not gender neutral, it's not both of them together, it is man is in the image of God, woman is in the image of God. Okay? We got that? Is that as clear as, as day? Alright, now we're going to start getting into the nitty gritty. Are you ready? Alright, the nitty gritty. The image of God is not physical. Let me say that again. The image of God is not physical. I am astounded. I am absolutely astounded that I have found so many professing believers to believe this. That the reason why we're shaped the way we're shaped, we got our fingers, we got our head, we got chest, you know, I got a belly button. I don't know if Adam had a belly button, but uh, he may have. Who knows? Okay, cool thought. <laughs> All right. God is spirit. It's what the scriptures say. Um, it's if you look at John four verse twenty four, it says God is spirit. And when we try to give uh, Father God a physical image, we give we begin to sound a whole lot like uh, Romans one. I'm going to start at verse twenty one. Okay, Romans one verse twenty one. It says, "For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart." was darkened, 
professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to the impurities, so their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. God is not physical. It is, it is sad, beyond sad, that even inside the Orthodox Church, okay, Orthodoxy, those who truly believe Scripture that stay within those bounds, okay, you don't read your Bibles enough to even know that God is not physical. Okay? The Mormons believe that. All right. Oh, I got kicked off for a second. Give me a second. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Okay. Um, so, sorry for the distraction. It says, so, we know these three things for sure. We know that um, the image of God is not ethnic. Okay? It is not ethnic. It is not gender specific, neutral, nor fluid. And it is not physical. Okay? It is not physical. Okay? So what is it? I would say there are two primary exceptional ways to understand this. And look in the scriptures and understand it. Okay? Uh, the one of the clearest views is right where we read, okay? Right where we read. Um, we're going to go back through it, okay? Uh, Genesis 1. Let's go back to Genesis 1, all right? Genesis 1, verse 26. So what is the image of God? It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea. It says rule, okay? All right. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth. They're supposed to rule over all this, okay? And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then down to verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The image of God is the fact that God made us ambassadors of himself on this earth. That is 
one of the clearest ways to understand it. We are to be ambassadors of God here. We are to rule and manage. We are to be just like um, the ambassador of America going to China, right? In my America, if I go to China, I, I'm American, but I am not um, America. So I would be an ambassador of America. Okay, Same idea. That is what um, God did for us. All humankind. He gave us dominion to rule over the earth. Not irresponsibly. That is sinful. Okay? And as you will see, um, one of the original sins uh, was the fact that we, we, we let creation um, screw it up for us. I guess that's a, that's a good way to put it. All right? Uh, the text clearly, clearly states that he tells us to rule and subdue. The fact is pretty clear. We are to be God's ambassadors. Being in his image is the fact that we were created to subdue and manage the world on the account of God for our enjoyment and to his glory. All right? And Adam, he failed miserably. He disobeyed, right? He sinned. He ate from the forbidden fruit. And yes, I do believe, you hear me, unbeliever? Okay? I do believe this is a literal account. I do believe in a literal Adam that ate a literal forbidden fruit. Okay? And yes, I believe in the talking serpent too. Okay? And even worse, it's because he listened to the creation rather than the creator. Genesis 3. This is the fall, right? Okay? This is when um, the serpent comes to the woman. The serpent comes to the woman and says, Did God really say? Right? And she says, no, we can't eat it. We can't even touch it. Even though God didn't say you can't touch it, he just said don't eat it. Okay? So she goes past uh, what she was supposed to do. She took a little further. All right? So we should never even go too far with God's word. We go right where it is, right? Okay. But if we go down to verse 9, okay, after all the sin had happened, right? Adam right there with his bride, okay, uh, the serpent talking to his bride, Adam just sitting there watching, okay, because it says he is with her, okay, she gave it to him who was with her, it's, men, we have to protect, that's our job, that's, that's part of our job, and Adam failed miserably into protecting his bride. He just stood there and watched. And then the serpent gives it, right? The serpent gives the fruit to the, to the woman, and she's, mmm, yeah, that's good. Oh, Adam, here. And he's like, oh, cool, uh, uh, eats it, right? Okay. And then their eyes were open, and they knew that they were naked. Verse 9, Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, 
I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Y'all, right now, I want y'all to see something right there. There was no need for fear or shame before sin. Okay? There was no need. Fear and shame is not a bad thing. To be fearful of God, okay? To be, uh, have, have good instincts, right? That's kind of a form of fear. But to fear man, totally different, okay? But, so, Adam was fearing God and he felt shame, okay? Fear and shame are never good unless they bring repentance. You hear me? Fear and shame are never good unless they bring repentance. Alright? Let me get back on track. Alright? It says, uh, Who told you that you were naked? Okay? God knew. God knew already. So don't listen to these weird open theists and all this other stuff that try, would try to say that God didn't know. Okay? Alright. Um, who told you you were naked? God is giving him a chance to repent. That's it. God is giving him a chance to repent. God says, Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman, right? So, the woman, he already turned his fingers, that you gave to me. He blamed the woman and God. Adam, come on, man. Come on. Men, right now, take a lesson. Don't blame shift. You mess up, repent, and move on. Alright? Apologize and just fix it. And don't mess up again. Just just repent. Okay, right? The word repent, alright, can be used just to turn around and go the other way. Okay? Alright. And then God said to the woman, right? I'm going to back them up for that. The man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent. So she blames she too. She just fallen the lead from her husband. All right. But then God said to the serpent, because you've done this. God didn't go, why did you do this, serpent? Why? Why didn't God question the serpent the same way he questioned Adam and Eve? couple reasons. Number one, he's not created in the image of God. He's not. That's, are you ready for number two? He's not created in the image of God. Alright, number three, um, because Adam and Eve were supposed to be ruling over the serpent, and he failed to do so. Alright, Adam's sin began his, in his failure to subdue the creation. He allowed a created thing to subdue him to disobey God. 
So it is clear the image of God is the ambassadorial authority that God places on man. That we fail at all the time. We fail miserably. I fail. You fail. Every time you sin, you are failing to be an ambassador to God. Every single time you sin. Alright? The second way to fully understand what the image of God is. This one is probably the most detailed. Uh, this one is a way to exactly, and I mean to a T, you can understand every jot and tittle of what the image of God uh, is, okay? For us, what the image of God is. Can any of you guess how? By reading and seeking to understand the person and work of Jesus Christ. The perfect image of God. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. And just as Jesus says to Philip in John 14, You have seen me, you have seen the Father. Or in John 10, I and the Father are one. Jesus is the unblemished image of God. He came with perfect authority. Think of how he acted towards people. Think of how he, um, he cared for people. I'm not even talking about all his miracles, okay? His miracles... Woo! <laughs> All right? They proved that he was God. But I'm talking about, think of how he acted. Think of how he cared for people. That's the image of God. Yes, he got angry. He, man, that's, when he's in the temple, right? That's, that is like, uh, that one. So, he's in the temple, before he throws all over the tables, right? He braids, sits back and takes time to braid a whip. It takes minutes to braid a whip, all right? <laughs> he braided a whip and then went after the money changers and those who were gambling and everything else in the temple and then beat them with a whip and then throw over the, the tables, okay? Yes, he had anger, but it was righteous anger. It was anger because they were blaspheming God. They were blaspheming the house of the Lord. Jesus didn't like that. But he smiled with people. He cried with people. Think of Lazarus. Right? He cried for Lazarus. Even though he knew that he was going to resurrect him. He loved people. He did it with a special way. And he even had a little sarcasm. Uh, which I love in the scripture. 
If you want to know what the perfect image of God is, it is Jesus Christ. And we are to seek to be that perfect image. We are to be made new in His likeness. Right? I'm going to close in this. This scripture right here, um, I believe clearly, 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 clearly um, exposes the gospel and what happened to man and uh, that new man, Jesus, making us Christians into that newness of the perfect image of God through our sanctification. All right, so that's Romans 8. Romans 8, and I'm going to start at verse 1. Romans 8, starting at verse 1. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not that He was sinful, it's that He came as man to die for man. Alright? Get back on me. Um, I lost my place. Uh, son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, excuse me, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you through the body, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren... I'm almost done, y'all. We are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. 
For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting off the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I would say these are the ones who are not only in His image, but are being made to be more like His image. Y'all want to close in prayer right now? Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to ask you to share, okay? Um, share these videos. Pass them along. Um, even if you knew everything I said, uh, there are so many uh, believers that do not know what they believe, okay? There are so many unbelievers out there that have questions, and I sincerely want to find the answers to their questions. Please pass this along, and um, I thank you. I'm going to close in prayer, and I'll see you all later. Uh, next week uh, will probably be a pre-recorded. I have to go out of town for work again. So I'll probably pre-record it uh, and then live stream it uh, on time. Hopefully it works this time perfectly. If it doesn't, I apologize. So, all right, I'm going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you uh, to spread your message. To spread your message in the hearts of those who are so lost. Lord, I ask that you sanctify hearts, that you take stony hearts and you turn them to flesh, Lord. I ask that you make us Christians more like you in the perfect unblemished image of God Lord we love you and we praise you in Jesus name Amen